back to Click Click Bang Bang, a photography podcast. I say welcome back because we are into part two of an episode we're doing about competition corruption. Competition corruption. I'm your host, Toby, and you opposite me are... Mez. <laughs> hey, Mez. Now, we started these uh, two-parter by talking about, you know, the competitions themselves and whether yes. or not we should be entering them, some dodgy terms and conditions, all that sort of stuff. You can listen back, obviously, if you hadn't heard it already. This part two is more about the people that enter these competitions. Yes, there is some dodginess going on in some competition entrance. Some bloody funny ones in there too. There's some pretty funny ones. And it's like one of those things, you know what I mean? Like you you find like, okay, I'm going to enter this competition. It's going to be great. You never get picked. Fuck. I'm sorry that you didn't receive a rose. Please take the time to say goodbye. <laughs> um, like so many, dear Meredith Schofield, um, <laughs> we regret to inform you, you did it. Yeah, I've got so many of those. But then you realize, then you hear that the competition winner or a competition finalist gets disqualified because their image is fake. Yeah, and a kind of a funny one is the twenty in twenty sixteen Nikon. Like hello, like number. Three, four camera company in the world used to. Hey, Ooh, Sony. That's gonna get people. Sony and that's Fuji. That's gonna get people whinging. <laughs> Sony and Fuji are coming up there, man. You know they had they did this like photo competition, whatever the fuck, and this guy won, and it was this image of like uh, a low perspective looking up to the sky through like a metal ladder, and there's like a perfectly positioned jumbo jet in the like circle looking at the sky. And so it won and it got announced and everyone online was like, um, that's too fucking good to <laughs> yeah, be true. It's too perfect. And so an easy like bring it into Photoshop and change the adjustment like adjustment levels, make it really contrasty shows that it is a photo montage and that the plane was put in after the fact. And it wasn't good timing. It was all bullshit. Imagine how lucky you would have to be. <laughs> I don't to get exactly, like, but for the plane to go exactly over that one piece of fucking sky. Yeah, and not oh only God, that, but timing even. it so that he's he's we're looking yeah. at centimeters in a frame here. Yeah, where that plane has got to be millimeters. Positioned. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, not possible. Yeah, but once like good funny, luck trying to yeah, get that shot for real. <laughs> the funny thing that came because it was so freaking obvious that it was faked, and Nikon like had no idea. Hello, you're like an imaging company. Get it? Get your shit together. Like so many people did memes of it so they like would photoshop like other things going up the ladder like Godzilla and like a couple of monks a couple, screaming like screaming on a roller coaster it's really funny like it's really really funny <laughs> um, we'll link that in the show notes because it's absolutely classic Super but funny. that's like a funny that's like funny but there's like you have another funny I got another one. funny one and it's it's related to my pa- my passion wildlife photography oh no, my god your just, passion just kidding um, now this is from actually probably the most prestigious wildlife competition yes wildlife photography competition out there the wildlife Photography of the Year Award, which is, you know... Like, one of, big time. It's huge. They, they do it, I think it's the Natural History Museum in London that runs it, but they yep. also bring it to Australia and it's at the Australian Museum uh, in Sydney and I'm yep. not sure if it goes around other, other cities, maybe it does. But uh, a few years back, I, I'm not sure exactly, uh, maybe last year or the year before, uh, a Brazilian photographer whose name I'm not going to attempt to uh, to pronounce... You did such uh, a good job before when you were practising. <laughs> no, that was something else. Okay. Um, he was stripped of the award because it was found that his image of an 
anteater at night uh, nibbling on some glowing uh, mound of something or other. Termites? Termites, I think it was, correct. Uh, Was actually not... Wait a minute, ants? (laughs) Could have been ants. (laughs) So it's not an animal with lightning reactions or a dazzling intelligence, but then you don't really need that if you're an anteater. But anyway, this image was not quite what it seemed. Seemed? Basically... He'd used, allegedly, I'm going to say... Why? It's been proven. Well, yeah, true. He'd used a stuffed animal. Like a taxidermied anteater. A taxidermied anteater. But wait, did he, like, take the taxidermied anteater into the wild? Or okay. So what this, was it? So this is where it gets even funnier. So initially I'm thinking, oh, yeah, okay, so he's taken this stuffed animal out into the middle of nowhere. He's found this little, you know, mound of ants and he's put it there and he's you know, he waited for the perfect you know, light. light and all the rest yeah. of it and taken this shot, you know, all right, whatever. Hey, the subject doesn't move. That's great. Dodgy but funny at the same time. However, not the case. Not the case. Turns out the whole scene of this anteater clambering up to a, you know, nibble on some ants is... Uh, it's an it's a it's like a sculpture that's at the entrance to this freaking natural history wildlife park in Brazil. Somewhere. Oh my god! So it's so like a photo manipulation. Yeah, so he's gone out there. He's got a snap of this thing, and then you know he's sandwiched the images, pasted it into this <gasps> stunning so, background. And then that one, like wildlife, yeah, that's fucking atrocious. It's hilarious. But you know, the, the only reason they found out was they got a they got a bunch of animal experts, and they realised that. This, oh my god! They got a bunch of animal experts. They did, and they realised that this. Anteater was, you know, his position was very unusual. In fact, probably impossible for him to be in. So they looked at like the physical aspects of the photo and realized, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Anteater would never do that. And uh, subsequently, our our Brazilian friend was uh, was was disqualified. Now he was stripped stripped of a prize of ten thousand pounds, which that's is that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's about what, four thirteen, fourteen thousand Australian dollars. Yeah, more than that. Um and uh yeah, basically he uh he uh he fucked it up. I love it though how it didn't take like a team of photographers, like with the Nikon one, how people were like, oh yeah, you fucking put that in. It was a it was a field of animal experts who knew that anteaters did not position themselves that way when they feed. What That's I, hilarious. What I love though is this quote from one of the representatives of the, of the competition where he said, uh, it may have been a beautiful image, but because it's wildlife photography of the year, we want the animals to be wild. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's so funny. (laughs) Photo manipulation and and photo montage, uh, you know, corruption in competitions is is becoming, like, a lot more... Rife. It is, and look, those are those are kind of light, light-hearted examples to a degree. But there's, yeah. you know, there, there's there's some pretty serious cases out there of, of photographers, you know, mucking around with their images to a, to a point where it's really not on, and and it's detrimental not just to the competitions themselves, but to you know to the craft of photography as well. Yeah, and to the sort of like the yeah the reputation of these people that put the organisations yeah. that put on these competitions, and I guess one of the sort of main examples like here in Australia. And really, like it reverberated around the world, is Australian photographer Lisa Saad. Yes, indeed. And this is a bit more serious than, say, the Wildlife Photographer of the Year. You know, he took 
even though, yes, that's unacceptable, it should never have been done, he took those photos, put them together, and Bob's your uncle, he's the anteater. Yeah. You know, with with Lisa, and I'm going to say allegedly because I believe there is like a court process going on, a defamation case going on, so I'll say, I'm going to say allegedly. Mm-hmm. It was found by photostealers.com. They're like a, a, it's a guy, I think he lives in Europe, who, you know, if people steal other people's photos, it's kind of like a name and shame place. Right. And he had sort, he and some other photographers had sort of been kind of like investigating Lisa Saad for a while. Now, for those who don't know, she's quite a very, very famous Australian photographer. And she's really known for her personal work, which looks a lot like sort of uh, graphic design rather than photography. It's like highly illustrative and it's using many different elements in photo montage. Like it's clearly meant to be photo montage. Yeah. Um, and she represents it in a way that she has taken all of these different elements. She's physically taken the photos of all these different elements in her shots, put them together, and then done her sort of illustrative enhancements. And that's her shtick, right? Okay, cool. And she's won AIPP Photographer of the Year many times. Like she was a a Canon photographer, the whole deal. Uh, I think she was even the, what's the New Zealand version of AIPP, NZIPP? She was their photographer of the year as well. And it sort of came about that mm, some of those elements in those photographs are stock images, allegedly. And the way people were kind of like, again, it was like that online photographic investigative thing where it was like, you know, everyone was coming in and, and assessing these images. And it pretty refutable evidence that a lot of the image elements in these images were exactly pixel for pixel the same as many stock images. So some of her montages were made up of her stuff mixed with other people's? Is that what? Mixed with stock photography. Look, right. allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but also, and one photographer accused her of this direct, that she stole one of his images. It was an architectural shot and that became one of the elements of one of her very famous images. And it is a famous building in Europe somewhere and and her defence was that, no, I just took a photo of that building. Da, da, da. Yeah. But when you line them up, I mean it's pixel for pixel. It, the chances of someone standing in the exact same spot yeah. with the exact same kind of light is pretty pretty like that's pretty hard to believe Um, and so all this evidence together over weeks and weeks on this photo stealers website from all this like photographic community collectively inputting um, and like reverse image searching and searching iStock stuff it was absolutely unrefutable and so she was stripped uh, from the AIPP of her photographer of the year she was stripped from the NZ IPP whatever it is over there she was stripped of many things and and to be honest like her like her career yeah her, because she's a com- big time commercial photographer as well, not just this sort of photo montage stuff she does, and it, it ruined her. It honestly ruined her. But I, I believe she is, she's in court proceedings with uh, some of the people that have accused her. Yeah, you wonder what her defence will be, though. I mean, if 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 some of this stuff is, as you say, irrefutable and and reasonably obvious. She absolutely claims that she has not stolen. Yeah. She is on this bandwagon of, no, I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's not her just being hopeful and a little bit 
not even blind to the whole issue, but who knows where it'll... Could it'll, just be blind arrogance, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who you knows know? how, how it'll wash but out. But, I mean, that's pretty huge. That's a very, very world-renowned photographer. And, you know, her work is really stunning. The process that she goes through to get these images the way they are, you know, that's why she became so successful. It's just such a shame that, you know... Just take the photos yourself and... Well, yeah. And it's it's odd to me that, you know, professionals of that calibre would go to such lengths to, you know, to, to uh, for what? I don't really... Yeah. There's so much at risk, as we've seen with what happened to her. I mean, she's, like you said, she's been torn absolutely yeah. to pieces. 100%. Career shredded, like, you know, reputation in tatters, all the rest of it. Uh, a, what was the motivation for her to do that if she indeed did do that? Obviously, we're going to use the old allegedly yeah. here again. Yeah. Um, but likewise with, you know, our old mate's anteater in the wildlife photography. Yeah, what's the motivation Funny of Funny as it is, why the hell would you do that? And why would you think that you could get away with that Yeah. when you're putting this in front of presumably wildlife experts and, and yeah. people that, you know, look at these kind of images. Yeah, it's not just like the, the local photo comp for the local council. This is like the number one wildlife, you yeah. know. I think it's an attitude that some of these photographers have that they think they will get away with it and they don't want to do the work. Yeah, and maybe, you know, they get to a point where their reputation is uh, and their ego is at a point where they're like, you know, I just need that extra little yes. extra little boost to my ego for winning this thing and 100%. being able to say that I was, you know, this photographer of the year or that yeah. photographer of the year or whatever it whatever it might be. Totally. I absolutely, I absolutely believe that's true. It's an ego trip. Now, obviously, if in some other cases, it's a, it, it's for monetary purposes. You know, we've seen people uh, enter competitions with, you know, slightly suspect images yes. and competitions that offer a lot of, uh, of cash prizes. Now, one of these is the Hamdan International Photography Award. Now, you and I had never really heard of this, no, this one before. but I'd heard this story. But we'd heard the story, but not only that, but this award, uh, the grand prize for this award is $120,000. That's unbelievable. Which is a shit ton of money. That uh, is a shit ton of money. Now, I think that's US dollars as well. Holy so not, crap. So okay. it's not piddly little, well, it, might, it may not be, regardless. 120 grand is not, to be, not to be sniffed at. I'm really rich. I'll show you that in a second. <laughs> Now, obviously, if you see a photo competition that's, you know, offering this up, you can be like, fuck me, I'm, I'm going to go into that for, yeah, God, geez. Definitely. 100%. Anyway, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a Malaysian photographer by the name of Edwin Ong Wee Ki uh, did just that and entered, entered. Uh, entered it and was announced as one of the winners last year in 2019. Oh. Uh, and, you know, got his share of the prize money and all the rest of it. However, the image he took again, was not quite what it seemed. Uh-huh. Now, the image itself is, is it's nice. It's all right. It's okay. It's a, it's of a... Of I a, have many issues with it, but that's a whole other episode. Well, yeah, that is another episode. It's of a uh, Vietnamese hill tribe uh, woman, I, I believe, uh, holding a child uh, with a backdrop of this kind of, you know, mystical... Green and forest, misty and, Vietnam. You know, clearly she looks like she's, you know, not fallen on hard times, but she's from a... She's uh, living a in more, a some kind uh, of a state of poverty. Yeah, more impoverished yeah. Uh, member of the world 
population. Yeah. And uh, as you said, that's that was so delicately put. That's a whole nother episode in itself, as as you said. Now, what happened with this photo was that it was found to be uh, that Mr. Wee Key was not the only person in the vicinity when this scene happened to uh, occur. Now, there's another, uh, and you can look this up online if you if you search for his name. There's a there's another image of the actual. uh, Let's call it. What can we call it? Situation. Uh huh. uh, Which includes not just Mr. Wee Key, but about 15 or 20 other people with big fat cameras. Huddled together. Huddled in a horseshoe formation around this poor woman. And her kid. Clicking away like maniacs. And uh, it looks, it almost looks like they've stepped off a tour bus. And, you know, the tour guides said, hey, look, there's a Hill Tribe woman. Let's get off the bus. Let's all take a photo. Take photos of her, which, you know, they all obviously did. So they all would have ended up with, like, the same photo. You would imagine that would be the case. Now, obviously, uh, Mr. Weeki, our friend, was smart enough to enter this into into the HIPA, we call it, uh, awards. Yeah. And, you know, came up trumps and and ended up winning the freaking thing, which is pretty... Did they disqualify him? Pretty extraordinary. Or or no? Uh, Well, no, they didn't. They didn't disqualify him because uh, it's basically this is a what they call a general photography award and it's not a a photojournalism contest in the same way that something like World Press Photo is. So there's no strict rules around, you know, how the image was captured, what the situation was at that time, blah, right. blah, blah. There's no... Like journalism standards don't apply. Nothing, nothing like that. There's no rules have been have been broken. In, in fact, uh, you know, several similar photos have, have, have won this kind of prize and, because, yeah. you know, in similar situations, I mean. So, so basically, pretty... like, the whole thing around it is, like, you know, when you look at the image and the caption, you think, oh, my God, this photographer's gone to this hill tribe in Vietnam and photographed this woman. And I think the theme of the photo competition was hope. But the reality of the situation is cut to zoom the fuck out and there's 15 other plebs there from some first world country who are all photographing this poor fucking woman <laughs> in the same situation and they're probably throwing her some money yeah but you can imagine that her sense of hope was not huge at that, no at that moment she's like who the, the fuck are these people <laughs> some photographers i say in quotes are smart in in that they know the ways of entering these competitions to win yes big money and morally it's pretty flawed in my opinion i wouldn't 100 i wouldn't do that myself it's not something that I would be comfortable uh, I would not be comfortable winning $120,000 yeah. off the back of some poor woman that was actually not in a in, in, I mean there's, yeah. no, there's and, no point to that image and especially when you're in like not in a photojournalistic situation when you're on like some photo tour yeah exactly. like some poverty tour yeah but look there are you know we talked about photojournalism and well press photo in particularly in particular and you know WPP has had some issues in the some past. big scandals yeah I mean you've got one uh, about uh, the old car photo that one yeah well this is from 2015 and this was one of the finalists one of the the photojournalist finalists and his name is um, Giovanni Trollillo. Oh, very good. <laughs> prego, prego. Uh, do lovely. Um, and so he sort of did this, it was for a photo story series and it was sort of about kind of like this dingy kind of seedy nightlife of this town. Yep. And it kind of came about, it kind of came to air that some of the photos in this series were, it's multiple, were A, staged, 
B, not even taken in this town. They were taken in a whole different country. <laughs> and one of the photos in particular that sort of uh, got the most controversy was this image of at late night scene and it's a car and there's a couple having sex in the car. Yeah. And it's like steamy, oh. you know, oh, nice, right? Seedy nightlife, okay? Mm. Um, and and a lot of people had issue with it because it's clearly staged. There is a flash in the car, <laughs> and so when he's taking the photo outside the car, the flash is being triggered to light up the couple inside the car. That's fucking staging something. That's not photojournalism. Yeah. And his photo was entered in the like photojournalism category. It wasn't entered in like contemporary issues or portraiture. Yeah. It's entered in the photojournalism category. Yeah. And so if you're if that's a, that's set up, and also the guy who's having sex in the car is his cousin. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna follow my cousin down. You know, he's gonna have sex with his girlfriend. In the car, I'm going to light up with a flash and call it hunky dory. <laughs> we looked at the rules of, of it, world press. Yeah, they're pretty hardcore, they're, and they're pretty uh, easy to understand. Yeah, very like there's very no straightforward. if if this guy had read those rules and still felt he could enter that image, then yeah, his, either his gross. oh, I think they read them and I think they can circumvent them. I I yeah, think most maybe. people think that maybe. Maybe. But, yeah, the, the rules of WordPress are quite hardcore. I mean, you know, you're not allowed to stage. You're not allowed to crop out anything that may take away from the situation and the story being told. You're not allowed to add in anything that can change the way the story is being depicted. You can't even, like, over-edit it. Like, you can't add too much contrast. You can't change the colour too much. Otherwise, you'll be disqualified. Yeah, all of which is perfectly reasonable in my Oh, opinion. 100%. You know, we're talking about stories here, real-life situations. Yeah. We want to get the most real representation of, of those situations as we can. And, you know, you and I have both been to, to World Press many times and I've found the winners recently to be a little bit disappointing from a from a personal perspective and that's purely a taste thing. But, yeah. you know, there, there's been some some other ones in there. There was the one of the uh, of the, the Palestinian it's basically a funeral procession for a couple of kids that were killed in a... In oh, a, yeah, I remember a, this one. ...in a bombing or something, a missile attack in uh, in Gaza. This was back in, in 2012. Now, the photo won uh, in a particular category at World, World Press uh, 2013. Uh, now, the photographer, Paul Hansen, who's a Swedish guy, uh, there was a lot of controversy around this, this there photograph. There was. I remember this. And when you look at the photo itself it's kind of hard to see well you kind of look at it and you think well what's wrong with that it's a stunning what's, what's photo what's wrong with that photo yeah and it is a stunning photo it's taken from a, a highish perspective i'm assuming he was either standing on a wall or a or he's done one of these ones or a crate or yeah he's held his camera up at arm's length high in the sky and he's basically shooting down a street at a bunch of of men carrying at the front of the, the procession um two deceased children of you know no more than about 3 or 4 years old it's 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 pretty heartbreaking it is though. a Heartbreaking photograph, and 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 the expressions on the on the men's faces of you know pure grief and all the rest of it, you know, amazing and perfect fodder for World Press photo. However, there was some controversy around this picture because there was a very subtle change in the way the light fell yes. on this photograph. Now, if you look at the picture, uh, you'll see in the background uh, above the street, you can see the direction of the light from the sun. It's pretty much coming straight down the alleyway where yes. these guys. 
guys are, are, are uh, almost backlit. Yeah, pretty much. Which would have made it a difficult photograph to take if he wanted any expressions on these guys' faces. He would have probably needed a flash, uh, whatever. Like it, otherwise, they would have been silhouetted. He certainly wouldn't have got the detail that he's got in in the faces of of these people, and also the the, the dead faces of these two poor children. And so what he's done is he's basically changed the direction of the light to come from probably over his left shoulder. He's basically added a beam of light. He's added a beam of light from the left side of the frame and and basically side-lit all these faces and it looks bloody awesome. Oh, it's amazing. you know, by the letter of the the law of the World Press photo, it was was not uh, permissible and... No, and I understand that. It changes the whole mood of the image. Yeah, it does. And it's... um, What they basically said was uh, when when they realised what had happened was they said that, you know, this misrepresents the reality of the situation which clearly it does, it does you know yeah. you're not you're not studio lighting a you know a, 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 a spontaneous moment in in that way so yeah you know fair play to world press they they called it out and you know they they did sort of say look this shouldn't have won and you know we're very sorry all the rest of it blah 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 but they've had they've had so many situations like we were just uh reading some stats and like in 2015 20 percent of finalists finalists were disqualified finalists now that's that's pretty shocking because finalists we're assuming are exhibited works yeah that's like what they're putting in the exhibition yeah yeah, now that's otherwise you ain't a finalist. What are you? But it you was just more, entered. But it was more than that, wasn't it? It was like thirty percent or something. Like- well, that was twenty fifteen. Was twenty percent? Yeah. Twenty sixteen went down to sixteen percent. But I, I, I think I've seen a more recent statistics where it was something like thirty six percent. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's totally. But it makes me like, and then you, if you just Google it, like if you Google World Press disqualified, you'll get stories from like twenty ten. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, what are they doing to? combat this like you know yes they're getting people to enter roars but like are they looking at them yeah and that's the thing because we've we, you know we've seen a couple of examples where clearly the raw image is quite different to oh my god uh, the 20 submitted the 2010 controversy one with the sports photo yeah the boxing uh, and we'll we'll link this in the show notes it, it's unbelievable <laughs> it is a piece of shit photo it is literally co- it's literally polishing a turd mate yeah. and and it's you know it's this young boy he's getting his hand wrapped for boxing and it's a wide shot and but that's the original shot the shot that was entered was a tight close-up shot of his hand made to look like it was shot on like 3200 ISO black and white yeah, film when yeah. it was shot on some fucking shit digital camera from yeah. like 2000. Probably his phone. Probably his phone. <laughs> and he was eventually disqualified because he took too much out. He manipulated things out of the frame too much. So he completely changed the mood of it as well. Oh, 100%. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Yeah. It's a shame because, you know, we've talked about this in, in previous episodes with with people like uh, Don McCullen who's, you know, avidly against digital photography and I'm sure this has become more of an issue for World Press, uh, you know, since the advent of, of digital photography. It's obviously much harder to manipulate film yeah. uh, in the same way that people do now. And I'm sure prior to, you know, whatever year, 2000 or whatever, when people were submitting, you know, film images, it would yeah. have been a much easier contest for them to yeah. judge. So I can kind of sympathise with them a little in terms of, you know, yeah, how do you yeah. spot these, how do you, you spot when someone's been mucking around with Well, you've things. got to adapt or die. And the thing yeah. is, is like because of, you know, all of these disqualifications year after year, they're kind of, their reputation is kind of starting to fall a bit. And there's a lot of photojournalism festivals yep. and magazines that are no longer showing world press because of the level of de- 
disqualifications Disqualifications that they get every year. And I kind of understand that. Yeah. Does it make you not want to go and see World Press anymore? To be honest, I haven't been to see it in a long time. Yeah, right. For that reason or for other reasons? No. You know what? Like, I think... It's just sometimes really depressing. Oh, 100% depressing. It's really, much. really depressing. And because I do follow, like I follow a lot of photojournalism through yeah. the year, I kind of see it. But I don't know. I don't know. You <laughs> go every year, don't you? I do if I can. I go every year. And and, and But as I said, I've been disappointed in, uh, in, in some of the more recent winners. I don't think that they have had the impact that past winners from maybe – I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking back, maybe ten years or uh, and prior, mm. where I used to go and I used to be blown away by yeah. not just the winners, but some of the second and third place, oh, just, and some of the stories, yeah. and were just phenomenal, stunning uh, bodies of work. But yeah, I've been a little bit disappointed with recent winners. And you're right. Maybe it's because. Photographers themselves are seeing this as kind of, you know, what am I? You know, Do I want to be associated exactly, with dot, you know, dot, dot? It's getting a bad rep. But so. I kind of think it's the same, like, for example, with the Lisa Saad thing and the AIPP. I think yeah. a lot of people are moving away from organisations like that because it's like, okay, well, what are you actually doing for me yeah. as a photographer, number one? And B, like if you're if you're propping these people up and giving them photographer of the year and you're not even investigating like their practices and yeah. how they got there, then like, what are you, like, are you kind of no, defunct? That's a, yeah, that's a big problem. That's definitely a big problem. In wrapping this up, I, a lot of people, you know, who aren't yet established photographers or famous photographers or whatever would look at photo competitions as a way of, as a way in basically, you know, yeah, pushing, a, a, pushing a door open, uh, being seen by, you know, a particular bunch of people that might lead to further work yeah. down the track. And I don't want to kind of, you know, knock all photo competitions because I'm sure some of them are, are very reputable, but it's such a, it's such a fine line yeah. of, of, you know, which ones to indulge in. You just have to, to do your research and you just have to always like be prepared that it, it just may not happen Yeah, and you can enter year after year after year and it's just not going to happen. But I mean, that doesn't mean you can't try, No, but just, you know, investigate where you want to enter your stuff and, you know, like stuff with world press. If, if you're in that genre, if you're in the photojournalism world and you're working for magazines, is that something you would want to enter? And if it is, make sure that you're doing the right thing mm. by the entry rules yeah. and that you're not over manipulating something for your own benefit and, and not for the story you want to represent. Yeah, of course, some of the responsibility falls back on the photographers themselves in terms of, of what they enter. And as we've seen in some of the examples we've pointed out, yeah. not every photographer is quite as morally sound as we would Yeah, and would I hope. think and I th- also think like the lesson there is like in this technological day and age and uh, with the internet and you know like social media if you reckon you can get away with it mate you're not gonna <laughs> because there's like 50 million reddit things and 50 million yeah, yeah. other like photography communities are going to be like oh, I'm picking a hole in this. Yeah. You know there's a lot of competition out there. So if you think if you're going to manipulate something to the extent where it's not allowed anymore, if you're going to pass off work as yours that's not yours, you will get caught. Yeah. So look, going back to the beginning of part 1 of this episode where I pulled up the question to you what do you reckon of photo competitions? <laughs> In a nutshell, what would you say to people? I would say choose the right ones because they can be beneficial to your career in terms of your name. 
Yep. Building a name for yourself, but just be careful and don't be a dick. Don't do the wrong thing. No, don't be a dick. What about you though? Come on, what do you think? Uh, well, the reason I asked you that question was because I've been kind of weighing up, should I enter, should I not enter? There's a couple that I might consider mm-hmm. if I get the time to figure out what the hell I'm going to put in there because yeah. the, the hardest thing for me is trying to decide <gasps> yeah. which, which, which photo should I put in there. Yeah. Um, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I'm I'm still a little bit dubious, I have to say. Okay. I'm definitely entering head on. I'm entering the landscape. Yeah, I might, I might enter head on, but I'm going to get the shits when I don't win. I know. But which is the same I know, every year. <laughs> I know, totally. But we're suckers. We always come back for more. Yeah, we always go and see it as well. So moral of the story, don't be a dick. Oh my God, that's such a good moral. <laughs> can we, that can like transfer to everything. Just yeah, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. All right, guys, we'll see you back here in two weeks. Adios. Click, click, bang, bang, a photography podcast is produced by Meredith Schofield and Toby Farage. Hey, that's us. <laughs> it is us. And I also do the editing. And Mez, you look after the engineering side of things, I guess. Yeah, like sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of other people that have kind of helped us to get this thing up and away. Indeed. Like our amazing branding was designed by dingdingding.co, a.k.a. your better half, Tobes. Definitely my better half. And the fabulous music you're hearing in the background let's just have a little bit more of a listen there yeah that's Mm. it composed by our good friend simon filiuzzi a legend so good how good is that music tobe so good so so good so good and look remember you can subscribe to this podcast everywhere yep send us your comments and ideas for the show and please don't forget to rate us it really helps others discover us you can check us on the socials at ccbb podcast we'll see you soon see ya (laughs) 